it's awesome being together. Welcome to the SB Church of Christ. And uh, as the slide's going to show, we've been taking the last few weeks to get ready for 2020. Can you believe that in three days we're going to be hitting a new year and a new decade? And so we want to really uh, be prepared in our hearts. And I'm really excited for the year to come. I'm excited for the decade that's upon us. I know God has incredible things for us. And uh, I want to just say thank you for joining us on this last Sunday of 2019. If you're visiting with us, you are our special guest. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here, and uh, we hope you have a great time of worship with us, and consider really making this your church home in 2020. We'd love to have you come back and join us with what we're doing here in uh, Santa Barbara. So uh, I want to introduce you to our uh, newest member of our family here. This is Shai Wang Solis, who was born on Christmas Day. Amen. Uh, beautiful baby boy. You can see, uh, see the dimples that resembles George here. Uh, but Shai, Wang, Salise, and Sharon, George are doing great. Uh, Sharon just got out of the hospital today. And so really, really excited about uh, when you get a chance to meet our newest addition. Uh, we've got our, our baby boom happening here in the Santa Barbara Church. So uh, that's going to be great. What a beautiful baby boy. He's, he's watched his first Lakers game ready. He was watching Lakers versus Clippers on Christmas Day, born like five hours before the game time. So George uh, got his prayer answered right there. Uh, you know, also a very exciting announcement to make. Uh, at this time, I want to announce the engagement of Michael Miller and Katie Ashley. Come on, stand up. Very exciting. Uh, congratulations on your engagement. This engagement has been a long time in the making. However, by their faith in God and one another, God has brought this happiness to Michael and Katie. Uh, also, Michael and Katie are asking for your prayers for their upcoming marriage that it will bring honor and glory to God. That's the little uh, plug I want to give for them. But congratulations, Michael and Katie. Very exciting. Of course, Katie was just baptized. What an exciting month of December. Baptized early this month and now engaged. Congratulations, Michael and Katie. Okay, so we're going to get ready. Let's uh, go to the next slide. I want to prepare us for 2020. You know, our title of the message today is Our Greatest Hope. And it is a great time of year and an awesome time of the calendar to really just kind of reposition our hearts and our minds to get ready for the new year. And, and really, the decisions we make now can totally shift our lives for the future. And based on decisions that you make even today and by the end of the year, you have the amazing opportunity to change the trajectory of your entire life, not just here on this earth but for all of eternity. And so I want to talk about hope today because that's the greatest hope we have. We just sang the song uh, that we just sang, and it was really about Jesus. And that really is our greatest hope, amen? It's all about Jesus, and that's the, the story I want to tell you today, and that's what I want to talk about today. I, I can tell you this, that today's message has an inspiration to it. And I'll just give you a quick backdrop uh, to this. But three years ago, I was um, uh, one of our favorite activities, if you've been called to do this, one of our favorite activities if you live in Santa Barbara, I was called to jury duty. Has anyone had to do jury duty here? Okay. So you get these things in the mail, and you got to show up, or you got to call, and they call you in. And most times they don't call you in, but in three years ago. And during jury duty three years ago, I met a man uh, named Armando. And Armando is a retired Santa Barbara captain uh, for the Santa Barbara Police Department. And so we got to know each other. We get together for coffee or tea about once a month. We've been doing that for the last three years. And he's been telling me about his uh, brother-in-law, Mike. Uh, Mike has uh, two and a half years ago got, uh, uh, got cancer. 
and he would tell me month-to-month updates, and basically his cancer had, had spread to many parts of his body. And uh, uh, just a couple months ago, um, he told me that it, it's doctors only give him a few weeks to live. And so I had mentioned to Armando, I said, Armando, you know, if there's anything I can do to help or get with him or just pray together, please let me know. And so um, about a month ago, we sat down for our monthly time, and Armando says, I'm going to take you up on your offer. And I had no idea what he's talking about. He said, I talked to my brother-in-law, Mike. He said he wants to meet you and, and get together. And so uh, uh, just a few weeks ago or so, I had the opportunity to meet Mike for the first time. And I'll never forget going to his place and uh, introducing myself and just getting to know Mike. And he just basically said, he said, Chris, thanks for coming over. Um, I'm just preparing to meet God. Do you have any suggestions? And that was a question he asked me. And I said, thanks for sharing that. And so we've been meeting. We met a couple times now, been in contact. And now, it's really moved me. I, 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 in some way, started asking myself, how can I give this man hope when he only has a few weeks to live? And so right away, we just started talking. We started uh, sharing scriptures. And over the last few weeks since we've gotten together, he's been just reading his Bible nonstop and praying and, and ready to meet God. And I just thought about that. He, he needs hope, but not hope for this life because his life may not last that much longer, but it's really true hope. And true hope is much longer than anything in this world. It goes beyond into eternity. And so I hope with some of the things that I've learned, actually, I feel like I've learned more from Mike than he's learned from me. Because I've had the opportunity to sit, and I'll be getting with him again when we return from being out of town this next week. But I really believe that one of the central themes is hope that we've got to hold on to hope in our life. Amen? As Justin mentioned, you know, 2019 may have been a, an incredible year for you or may have been a very challenging year for you. I know that life never stops. That even as we go into the new year, we have challenges coming our way. And so I want to look in Philippians chapter 3, the theme verse that I want to give to you, and I can tell you right now, we're going to be going through some of this kind of quickly because uh, uh, I've got too much material for you today, okay? When you get excited about the last Sunday, what am I going to preach on? You think, all the things I didn't get to this year, I'm going to preach about. And then you realize, uh-oh, that might not be a good idea because I might not get to all of them. So uh, keep in your Bibles or if you want to look on here, uh, but let's go through this. Philippians chapter 3, it is a powerful passage that Paul preaches on the message of hope and what we need to focus on as we get ready for the neat year to come. Philippians 3, verse 7, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings. Becoming like Him in His death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I think this is what Paul would say to us today. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what's ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear 
to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. You know, Paul says this, I want to know Christ. That all else in this world is like a loss compared to the greatness of knowing Christ. Paul had it. He found the goal in life. It was all about knowing Christ above everything else. In fact, he looked at his life and said, everything else is a loss compared to this, that I would know Christ in my life. So today I want to ask you this question and really present to you for you to rethink what are gains and losses in your life. We get caught up in the world and we think that what the world considers gains that we think are gains in our life when really what Paul says is those are losses. So much of what we put our accolades or so much of what we put our security in and our accolades, achievements, our successes, really when it comes down to it can be losses compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. You know, I want you to think right now if you interviewed for a job anytime recently or if you could put a resume together in your mind of, about your accomplishments and achievements in your life. And I want you to think about all those things that you have achieved and succeeded in and those things that you put down on paper. And I know all of us have achievements that we've had and we've had accomplishments and, and in many ways we should be proud of those things. I, I, if you'd indulge me for a minute, I brought some of my achievements along with me today. These are just some trophies that were in my office. And I just thought, let me share these because these are some of mine. This is my um, uh, Oceans of Mercy 3 and 3 basketball champions, 2006 in Lawrence, Kansas. And I have this proudly on my bookshelf in my, in my office. Uh, here's another one, a, a softball championship, Wichita, Kansas, 1998. You know, so that's another achievement that I, I like to uh, look at. This is all the way back to 1993. I won the MVP for the Chicago Softball League of the entire <laughs> Chicago Church of Christ. Amen? So a little, little trophy. But this has got to be my favorite right here. This is my ping pong championship from the Wichita Church back uh, many years ago. But the thing about this tournament was it was the first ever tournament in the Wichita Church of Christ. So they decided to name the tournament after the first year's champion. And so I won. If you look on here, it says the Chris Tang Invitational. So this is one of my proudest, uh, proudest accomplishments in my life of everything I've done. This is probably one of my proudest. But, but you know, you have your own accomplishments and accolades. Now, for dramatic effect, I could throw these and smash them, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Paul says all these things and everything you accomplish in your life and you know, Rebecca, I don't know where my degrees are, but Rebecca had her UCSB undergrad and then her master's from Kansas State. I was going to bring those, but I didn't ask her for permission, so I didn't. But all those things, you know what Paul says? They're a loss. They're all a loss comparing to the greatest accomplishment, and that's knowing Christ. And as I've got with Mike and started sharing with him, I realized in my own life, all these things, as I sit across from a man who has a few weeks left to live, what do I share with him? We've sat down. You know, we don't talk about all his accomplishments that he's achieved in his career. We don't talk about the glory days of what he accomplished when he was growing up. We talk about Christ. 
We talk about, do you know Christ? We talk about, do you know where you're going? We talk about what really matters in this life. And the times I've had with them have, have really honestly redirected my focus on what I'm focused on in the coming year. And I think about this question or this statement, the greatest things in life is that which death cannot take away. If you look right now, as you take inventory of 2019, what can death take away? We're not guaranteed to live through 2020. You know, a couple days ago, I get a daily devotional, and it struck me because on this particular devotional, it shared about stories in the news. And three stories that were in the news, this happened, I think, on Thursday, was a plane crash in Kazakhstan that killed 12 people. That's where I've flown out of that airport before. A helicopter crash in Hawaii that killed seven people. We're on our way to Hawaii this week to visit my dad and family. And then a little girl, 10-year-old, that died at LAX from taking off from a flight. Actually, they turned around in the air, turned around in Santa, Santa, over Santa Barbara and turned back, and a 10-year-old passed away. And I just thought about, man, these are three places that really hit home for me. And I realized that, man, life is short. Life really is short. Do I know Christ? That is the greatest message that I can preach about, knowing Christ. So I asked you today, how well do you know Christ? I don't ask you, how long have you come to church? Or how long have you done? The, how well do you know Christ? That is the question that we've got to answer. That's what our entire goal should be, that I would know Christ in my life, that at the end of my life, you could have 80 years left. You might have 50 years. You might have 10 years. You might have a few weeks. But when all's said and done, how well do you know Christ? Paul says this, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. That is my life goal, that at the end of my life, I'll be found in Christ. Jesus will say, and I'll hear those words, well done, good, and faithful servant. There's no greater words I want to hear. I know that it's easy to get caught up in this world and all that's going on, and I, I know I get caught up in it too, and I, I put too much stock in what this world has to offer. And you get into challenges with finances and challenges at your workplaces or challenges in school. And it seems so important at the time. But you realize they're all loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. You know, Matthew 7, 23, Jesus has some words. He says, only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Those are the ones I, I recognize. Those are the ones I say, yes, I know them. It's those that do the will of God. I ask you today, are you doing the will of God? And if we don't know what the will of God is, that should be the greatest question you answer in 2020. I want to know what God's will is. Some of us maybe have been doing the will of God and we've been obedient to the Lord and we are serving Him, but, but we've kind of gotten sidetracked. 2019, we, we look back and say, man, there's too many times I kind of drifted. I was focused to start the year, but I got kind of away from making God at the center. You know, there's a great quote by one of my favorite authors, Corey Tenboom. If the devil cannot make us bad, 
He'll make us busy. I think that's one of the greatest challenges we face is not so much that, you know, Satan's going to work hard on you to get you bad in 2020. Sometimes he's successful at that. But more likely, he'll just get you busy. Because when you get busy, you get all caught up in the wrong things. You know, I read a survey recently about smartphones. Let me ask this question. Does anyone here not own a smartphone? I'm just curious. Anyone here not own a smartphone? So we're 100%, okay? Every single one owns a smartphone in here. I believe that these things, I'm not going to say are of the devil, okay? Because I, I wouldn't go that far. But I would say, if you're not careful, these things can be of the devil because this is what the devil likes to use to get you busy. Uh, research shows that the average American checks their phone every 12 minutes, over 80 times a day. And 60% have some sort of separation anxiety when their phone is off or out of reach. Busy. So I'm not going to say in 2020, I, I could say, don't use your smartphones, but that won't work. Okay, work for a day, really committed to that, and then, you know, that's not going to work. So I'm not going to say, don't use your smartphones. I'm going to say, keep using your smartphones. I'm just going to try to tweak it for you, okay? These are two apps that are front and center of my, uh, of my phone, the version app, okay? If you want to be a member here in the church, you must, no, I'm not going to say that. You, this, this is an incredible app. If you don't have it, this is the app I shared with Mike when I got with him a few weeks ago. I said, Mike, this is an incredible app. And, and it was so inspiring because he's been, we've been texting back and forth. He said, I can't stop listening to the Bible. You know, it's, it's just awesome. And, and he's just listening to God's word. And you can, with this uh, version app, you can download it. You can do so many things with it. You can get the verse of the day. You can do a Bible plan. You can listen to the Bible. You can read the Bible. So I would love it. When you check your phone a few times a day out of those approximately 80 times, that a few of those times are checking the verse of the day. Or, and I, this is my social media. I, I don't have any other social media accounts except for version Bible friends. So if you want to be a friend, request me. And I'll, I'll, I guarantee you I'll, I'll accept you as my friend. But I love it. I place a priority. In fact, I think Terry just did one right now. Did you just do a Bible verse right now? Uh, but I make it a priority to read Bible verses. I get emails and stuff like that. If you do a Bible verse image, that's priority. I read those first before anything else. So I want to encourage you. Let's get busy being in God's word, amen? Let's get busy knowing Christ. Sometimes we get so caught up in celebrities and what's this person doing. We actually know celebrities more than we know Christ because we follow their social media and their Instagrams and Facebook and all these things that we know more what's going on with Kanye or whoever these famous people are than we do about getting busy knowing Christ and the life of Christ. So let me share with you this. Let's look to that. Second app, I've shared this before, but the Echo Prayer app. And this has been a go-to app for me in 2019. I have it front and center on my phone. I put prayer requests on there. And, and throughout the day, I just pray. It, it, it'll help you pray more. You do this in 2020, check your phone out of those 80 times. What if a dozen of those times we're checking your Echo Prayer app to make sure you pray? 
for someone else. Checking your verse image to make sure you get some word in you throughout the day. You do that, and God will take that busyness and turn it into a spiritual busyness. Amen? He'll turn it into knowing Christ in a greater way. I want to know Christ. This is the greatest goal that we should have. So I have this question. What are you willing to give up and sacrifice to know Christ better in 2020? For some of us here right now, it's a decision you make to know Christ, but you won't know Christ more unless you're willing to sacrifice something that's going on in your life right now that will free you up so you can know Christ better. For some of us, it's a busy schedule. I want to challenge those of us in this room that have gotten so busy in your schedule that you just try to squeeze God in when you got time. And I know it's easy to do. I know it's easy to do because work and you got families and you got school and you got all these things and you got all these. And, and not that those things are bad necessarily, but you know what it does? It squeezes out Christ in your life. Some of you will need to sacrifice right now and make a decision. I'm going to put God at the front and center of my day. I'm not going to give him my leftovers. That may mean going on a social media fast for a week so I can get my priorities reorganized. That may be saying, hey, I'm going to take time out and I'm going to organize my schedule first and foremost around knowing Christ. For some of us, it may be spending time with friends that are getting us off track spiritually. We spend time with people that are not good for us spiritually. In fact, they take us away from knowing Christ. Some of us may need to give up relationships that are not being beneficial in our lives. Some of us need to sacrifice and give up the sin that's holding us back in 2019. I'm going to talk about this here in, in a couple minutes, but some of us, hey, listen, that sin that's holding you back, it's time to give up. If you want to be serious about knowing Christ, you got to say, hey, this is it. I'm going to get serious with my laziness, with my impurity, with my materialism, whatever it is for you, my selfishness, my pride. Hey, it's time to get serious. If I'm going to know Christ, I'm not going to let this sin get in the way of knowing him. Amen? Amen. You know, Romans 6 talks about dying with Christ and being raised again. And I love it because in that passage, Paul talks about we can participate in the sufferings of Christ and share in the power of his resurrection. And all of us want to share in the power of the resurrection, but to do that, we first need to share in the sufferings of Christ. How much are we willing to sacrifice and to suffer for Jesus? You know, we we're praying. I was praying with Eric and Michael earlier today, and it was a great time to pray with these brothers, but I get the voice of martyrs as one of my weekly devotionals, and it's challenging to me. I read this, and there are Christians around the world that are, are just literally life and death in their situations. A minister was featured a couple days ago. Every time he goes out to share his faith, he's in danger of not coming home to his wife and kids. And I, I know for me, I don't want to suffer. I would rather do the Lord's work as conveniently as possible and do it on my time. But how much are you willing to suffer and sacrifice? What hour of the day are you willing to go meet a need? You know, we like to get in our nice schedules. Everything's in a row. Everything's, 
kind of our comfortable Christianity. I want to follow Christ, but do it a Santa Barbara style, the cool way. But, you know, sometimes following Christ, God takes us the tough way and the ways that are really inconvenient. It's not convenient to get with someone who's hurting and struggling, to pray with them and be there with them. Maybe at all hours of the night, maybe helping somebody in need, but to be like Jesus for somebody. Are we willing to suffer? Are we willing to go out of our comfort zone because we've died with Christ so we can raise to new life? You know, Philippians 3, it says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. You know, Paul talks about not being made perfect. And this word does not mean flawless. It actually means complete and mature. One of the things that God wants to do in our lives is he wants to mature us. He wants to complete us. In fact, he wants to deliberately make us more like his son. So he's shaping us. There are situations right now that we're all in, specifically designed by God to help shape us, to be more like his son. Now, those times are not pleasant. Those times do not feel good. But they're on purpose because God wants to take hold of us. You know, it says here that Christ Jesus took hold of me. Does Christ have a hold of you here this afternoon as we head into 2020? Have you gotten away from Christ where he's kind of just out of our reach? Or have we let Jesus take hold of us? When Jesus takes hold of you, your life will change. Amen? Your life never stays the same. Back when I was a kid, uh, I don't know, I was maybe five or six, we were visiting the Omaha Zoo. I've shared this story uh, a while back, but I was a young little boy, very curious, just like probably Shy is going to be once he grows up. And, and there's a monkey cage, and there's a fence that said, stay out, don't feed the monkeys. Well, of course, uh, when a little boy sees stay out, what does a boy do? Goes in. Why do you stay out? So I go in, I get some peanuts, and I reach through the cage and feed the monkeys. And the monkeys grabbed the peanuts, but they not only grabbed the peanuts, they grabbed my sweater. And they started trying to pull me in. And my brother actually had to reach over the fence and pull me out and took hold of me and actually literally saved me from the monkeys, the danger of the monkeys. And I think about that picture because that's what God wants to do with some of our lives. He wants to take us in. We're in some danger right now, spiritually speaking. We're in territory that's not good for us. We've ignored the signs that said, stay out. Instead, we've kind of jumped on in. And Jesus wants to take us, and he wants to pull us out. If you are in a position right now where you feel desperate, you're in a position right now you don't know what to do. Right now you're facing something in the future that you think, I don't know what's going to happen. I want to encourage you with hope. I want to encourage you that if you let Jesus take hold of you, he will pull you out. Now, it might not turn out exactly like you want, and not every prayer might be answered. I know we have our thinking that God should do this for me, but I can tell you that God is faithful. And when we hold out hope, God always comes through. You know what? We all need hope. They did a study years ago with mice, and they put in research, so, you know, don't do this at home, okay? But research, they have to do these things to find out results. But they put a mouse in water, 
and the mouse started kicking and, and trying to stay afloat, and within 20 minutes, the mouse drowned. They did another research, continued, and they put a mouse in, and they rescued the mouse out of that water. And then they put the mouse back into water. And the mouse actually treaded water for 20 hours before finally they gave up. Isn't it remarkable that initially the mouse just tread for a few minutes and then drowned, but when it had been rescued, it kept fighting way, way, way longer than ever before? And I want you to think about the times in your life that Jesus has rescued you. Because I know for a fact that he's rescued all of us in our lives, not just once, but multiple times. You think about it for you. When were you in despair? When were you down and out and God came through? And may have been through a person that God sent your way. And may have been through something that just happened. But Jesus rescued every one of us. And I want you to think about whatever you're going through right now. And think about that mouse. I want you to think about the hope that you have because you've been rescued. Because God's done it before, and like we sing, he's going to do it again. You know, in World War II, when the Allied soldiers, after World War II, there's thousands of kids that were basically abandoned. And, and so the soldiers, they took them in, they gave them shelter, and they gave them food, but they found out that these kids... Even though they had shelter and food, they wouldn't sleep at night. They were so fearful of the future and so afraid that they had trouble sleeping. So they brought a psychologist in, and they, the psychologist said, hey, let's do something here. They, the psychologist gave every one of these kids a piece of bread. The bread wasn't for them to eat. The bread was for them to hold on to. And what happened was all these kids held on to their piece of bread, and they slept like babies for the rest of the night because they knew they had bread to eat in the morning. God had given them peace, rest, and security because they knew that they had something when they woke up in the morning. And I want you to think about holding on to the promises of God in your life. When we know Christ, we know his promises for us. Is holding on to those promises even when you feel there's unrest, even when you don't know what the future holds, that we can sleep in peace and security knowing that God's promises I can hold in my hands and he's going to be there for me each and every day. You know, Paul goes on and says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. This is a great picture. Got it off Google. But this is what I want all of us to feel going into the new year. I want us to feel the freedom like this person just arms out, ready to go for a new year, ready, to, a new decade starting. This is awesome. And there's just a certain sense of not letting anything from this last year weigh us down. So with that, I want to just say this, forgetting what's behind. 2019, I want to give you the, the challenge. Don't let anything weigh you down from this last year. If there's someone you need to pull aside and talk to before year's end, and say, I just got to get this off my heart. I just got to share this. I, I just, I'm feeling guilty or I'm feeling ashamed. I'm feeling embarrassed. Uh, share it before the beginning of the year. Because we got to forget what's behind. Don't go into 2020 with all these regrets and all these shameful things. Let's get it out. Satan would love to have you keep relive, reliving 2019 and 2020 so it can keep you guilty. 
But let's forget what's behind. But let's do that righteously. Let's take the time to get rid of those things, be open, confess those things, and get them out of the way so they don't hinder us for the year to come. But also, you've got to be reminded, don't rest in the laurels of 2019. I know some, it's been a great year in many respects. Some of us have had an awesome years. But sometimes we think, oh, wow, it's just been awesome, and then we kind of let our guards down. You know, we just think, oh, last year was awesome, it's going to be awesome this year. And so we kind of spiritually let our guards down. We don't get as committed and as heart-wise just in love with God. We don't start the year on fire for God because we just think, oh, it's going to continue. So I want to encourage us, forget what's behind, and let's strain for what's ahead because I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, all of us are called heavenward. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 8 and 9, though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you did not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You know, when all is said and done, the greatest goal in life is to know Christ and receive the salvation of our souls. I want to ask you to pray for my friend Mike as we continue to get together. It's been encouraging because on different occasions, you know, after we got together and we shared about God's plan and knowing Christ, and I shared Romans 6 about being buried with Christ, raised to him, and he texted me and said, hey, Chris, I can't wait to, can't wait to get baptized, you know? And then when I got with him this last time, Armando was with me and he said, hey, uh, Mike, tell him, you know, because last night they had been together and Armando, uh, Mike was just talking about, I want to get baptized. And he's learning about Christ and he's realizing, hey, this is what life is all about. That no matter what else happens, I want to know Christ. I want to receive the goal of my faith that's the salvation of my soul. But here's the thing. God doesn't just want us to get us to heaven. He wants to get heaven into us. And that's not just something we're doing. We're not just living for Christ, waiting for that day when we meet God in heaven. God's trying to get heaven into us. He wants us to be the light to the world. He wants us to know Christ and to make him known. And so he closed out by saying, and if on some point you think differently, that too, God will make clear to you, only let us live up to what we have already attained. So he ends this little section on maturity. And basically says that, hey, what is maturity? Maturity is living up to what we know already. So wherever you're at today, spiritually, we have a lot of very young disciples in our fellowship, which is awesome. You know, maybe you don't even know a lot. You just got baptized in 2019. And so you're just learning. Just live up to what you already know. Amen? Amen. That's all you need to do. You don't need to know, oh, I don't know as much as Justin knows. And it's awesome having Cliff here, by the way. Amen? Cliff's been a faithful warrior, and it's good to have him at church after his surgery. I'm not a spiritual giant like Cliff. You know, I don't know. Hey, just simply live up to what you already know and grow in 2020. Some of us are more, a little older in the faith. Some of us are older in the faith. Wherever you're at, just live up to what you already know. That's maturity. Now, let's not stop there because at some points, God will make clear to us other things. And it's in those times we've got to have the soft hearts to learn and continue to grow and to be like Christ. So I want to give you a closing challenge. After this, we're going to be taking the communion. And uh, this will be our last communion that you're going to take in 2019. So you got to make it count. Amen? So in this communion, I want to ask you to make a decision. 
I want to ask you to make a decision based on our message today of how will you know Christ more in 2020? What is 2020 going to bring to you? And not you, you maybe have a bunch of goals already. Some of you have resolutions already, and that's awesome. But how will you know Christ more this coming year in 2020? So here's my closing challenge. Number one, live up to what you already know and live out what you've already learned. Okay, all of us know something. We might not know a lot, but we know something. Just live up to that and live it out in your life. Can we do that? Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. Grow in knowing Christ more. He is our greatest hope. I want you to cling on to Jesus. I want 2020 to be centered around the hope that we all have in Christ, the hope that we have in knowing Him and knowing Him in a greater way. And then thirdly, last challenge is make Christ known in 2020. To those around you, give people hope. I want to ask you, how will you know Christ more in 2020? But I also want to ask you to think about a person as you take the communion right now that does not know Christ. Right now that they're lost. Right now, if their life came to an end, you, you don't know what would happen. And I want you to pray for them. And I want you to make a commitment that you want to make Christ known to them in 2020. Because it's not just about knowing Christ for ourselves. It's about making him known to a community and our families and to so many that don't know Christ. That is a hope we need. Listen, politics, the government, all these solutions that you read in the news, it's not going to work. Our only hope is Jesus and our greatest hope is knowing him. As we take the communion today, the communion represents the crackers that will be passed around, the body of Christ that was broken for us. You know, Jesus sacrificed his life so we could know God. We're going to be taking that cracker as we break the cracker as we, as we eat it. I want you to think about the suffering that Jesus went through for you and me. He died on the cross for us so that we could know him. Secondly, we're going to take the juice. This juice represents the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross for our forgiveness of sins. Don't take it lightly. Take it grateful that all of our sins in 2019 can be forgiven. Isn't that good news? That all the sins can be forgiven because Jesus shed his blood on the cross for us. And let's make it our goal in 2020 to know Christ and to make him known as we take the communion at this time. Let's go and pray. Father, we thank you so much for 2019. It's been such a tremendous year and we're so grateful. It's hard to believe that only three days remain. And God, I, I ask that as we get ready to take the communion, I know it's something we do every week here in church, and I'm grateful for this time as we focus our eyes and focus our hearts and our minds on Jesus, that we, in a special way, taking this last communion of 2019, would remember Jesus, that we thank you for his sacrifice. We'd be so grateful for us. Thank you, God, that you decided one and only Son into this world so that we could have eternal life. Thank you that you made the sacrifice for us. And I pray that, that as we take the communion, it wouldn't be taken in vain. But we take it with appreciation. We take it with meaning. We take it with commitment to knowing you and knowing your son. Father, we pray as we take the juice that represents the blood that was shed. Thank you, God, for the forgiveness of our sins.
And I pray that all of us here would make knowing Christ our greatest hope and truly our goal in 2020. Father, we love you so much. Thank you that you've given us Jesus. And we thank you for him. We love you. We praise you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.